Hi there, and welcome to the Women on Amazon podcast. My name is Regina Peterbergsky, and I am your host. As an Amazon FBA seller and coach, I'm in the trenches daily supporting my family by building Amazon brands. Here, you'll be hearing the journeys of some amazing women who have changed their lives through Amazon and e-commerce, as well as strategies and tips on how you too can create a better future for yourself and your loved ones. And welcome back to the Women on Amazon podcast. Uh, this is episode 35, and I'm joined today by Jess Hill. How are you, Jess? And welcome. Thank you, Regina. It is so nice to be here. I'm so excited. This is only like my second podcast, so it's exciting. Oh, wow. Well, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. Um, you and I met uh, face-to-face in uh, LA when we were still allowed to travel, just before the shutdowns <laughs> in uh, in February at the Empowery Women's Conference, and you gave a, an awesome uh, talk about uh, what you do on Amazon. And so I wanted to get you on here because um, I am doing a, a series at the moment on different ways to make money on Amazon. As you probably know, I'm a private label seller and have been exclusively private label seller on Amazon for the last uh, five, coming up to five and a half years. And I know nothing about any of the other ways to do it. So um, I'm so thrilled that you're here today to tell me about the ways that you make money on Amazon, which may or may not include uh, private label. So let's start with um, a little bit about yourself. Uh, Where do you live? What's your background? How did you get into Amazon? Sure. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was great to meet you face to face at the Empowering Women's Conference. It's always a good um, thing when you get to meet people and actually connect face to face. So um, I'm Jess Hill. I live in uh, St. Louis, Missouri in the United States. And I have been on e-commerce now for 21 years. Um, wow. Yeah. So when I was um, in 1999, my mom and I ran an eBay store where we would go to auctions and thrift stores and we would buy antiques and vintage items, mostly like depression glass and um, china. And we would uh-huh. sell them on eBay while I was in college to supplement. We had, I have three brothers, so big family. And then um, in 2003, once I graduated from college, I actually opened my own eBay store and I would just, you know, do it for, uh, spending money for vacations for my student loan repayments. I would go garage sailing and thrifting and stuff. And then um, I worked in biotech for uh, 13, 15-ish years. <laughs> now I have to think about it. Um, and okay, so so eBay, eBay was your, your side hustle, yeah? yeah? It wasn't your main source of income? Mm-hmm. Right. So eBay was my side hustle. And then um, like all the years from 2003 to 2015, um, I also did things like I, I would sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, and I actually was uh, scalping tickets, like ticket brokering, like for <laughs> concerts, and um, you know just anything that I could uh, supplement our household budget, you know, and um, in addition to our incomes. And then in 2015. 
I had kind of a change in life. I got divorced. I was, um, you know, I had gotten laid off at my job. And I thought, you know, I really want to um, do something that I want to do. And I had been introduced to Amazon FBA in October of 15. And that was via the retail arbitrage model. So retail arbitrage is when you go in the store and buy things and flip them on e-commerce sites. And it was I mean, it was October, it was Q4, and I sold yes. some um, some Halloween costumes from Target, and they sold in like super quick, like, I, you know, so I was immediately hooked on this whole, I get to shop, and then I get to make money from shopping, and so I did that. I did go back to corporate because I thought, you know, I don't know if that's really what I want to do. And so in, I was still, I was doing Amazon. I went back to corporate. I was working in um, insurance. And then I, in March of 2016, I said, no more, no more boss, no more corporate, no more nine to five. And I walked away. And so I've been full-time an e-commerce seller, an e-commerce coach. Um, I sell on all the platforms. So I sell on Amazon. I sell on eBay, of course. Um, I sell on Mercari, Facebook Marketplace, and now I have four Etsy stores as well. And then wow, I also okay. have some, like I have four, we have 14 income streams. So it's a lot. <laughs> okay. How do you juggle all of that? And how do you keep, uh, <laughs> well, keep it's note of, of what you're doing? I was going to say your, your diary must be very tightly packed with, um, you know, doing things for, for all the different income streams, right? Right. So um, I guess it just depends on, so I landed on Amazon. I've been um, doing Amazon full-time since then. And last year we did $886,000 in sales on Amazon via uh, retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, and wholesale. So now I've wow. been, okay. I had the retail arbitrage and then I learned from that. And then I added online arbitrage because it's similar to sourcing only it's online instead of in the store. So the same sales cycles and that uh -huh. kind of stuff. And then I took um, all of these items that I was finding. I was like, let's see if I can, what items I can, you know, get a wholesale account for. Because you're kind of going backwards in, um, if you're paying a retail price, you never pay retail. You got to at least have a coupon or, or you know, clearance yes. or something. Yep. And then, okay. so, 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 yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, so, sorry, I was, I was going to sort of stop you there because I want to like take it right back to, to basics. As I said, like I know nothing about retail or online arbitrage. I have done the last two episodes we've talked about wholesale. So we've pretty much, um, you know, I've spoken to Chris and Trent um, about uh, wholesale and, and uh, they both sort of explained that to me. So, so let's take it down to retail and online arbitrage. Firstly, what's the difference between retail arbitrage and online arbitrage? So retail arbitrage is the act of purchasing saleable goods in store. So you'd have to go to the store to purchase your items and then flip them online. And then online arbitrage is the act of purchasing saleable goods online to flip onto e-commerce from online. So like I will order things from Kohl's and then I will either send them to my house or my prep warehouse, have them prepped and then send those to the Amazon FBA warehouse. So it actually, you know, I don't have to go to the store. Okay. So that was going to be my next question. So in both cases, you then, whether it's uh, retail or online arbitrage. So, so just for those who don't know the word arbitrage, that means, do you know the exact meaning of that? 
to procure and I don't know, inventory. Hang on. Um, hang on. Let me look it up. Let me look it up so that we don't arbitrage meaning, okay? Isn't we sort so of we use the word, but, let, but let's get the – it's simultaneous buying and selling of securities, currencies, or commodities in different markets in order to take advantage of differing prices for the same assets. Okay. Yeah. So, so, that's, so that's exactly what it is. So that, that, that's the – Online, the Google online dictionary of arbitrage. So you're basically buying something at a low price in one market, so whether it's in a store or online, and selling it for a higher price on another market, uh, obviously online, and you're making uh, a profit on the difference in those two prices. Okay. Yes. So, (laughs) got it for those who don't know what arbitrage is. And so... So in both of those cases, whether the retail or, or online, is you're physically taking delivery of the goods or you're having a prep centre take delivery of the goods, you're then um, re-stickering them with your FNSKU label, I'm guessing, and sending, and then you send them FBA, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so, and then, okay. Yep. so, so that, that's for Amazon. And then for the other marketplaces there, you either have them do you have them shipped through a 3PL or you do you do it yourself if you're selling on Etsy and eBay and those sort of sites? So I do um, retail and online um, arbitrage and wholesale for Etsy and then um, drop shipping for Etsy. Mercari is mostly my returns, right? So if I get Amazon returns, I get a pair of shoes and the tags are off or it's not in the box, I'm going to flip them on eBay or Mercari. So that's kind of how I leverage those. So I can still squeeze some some money out of those items. Okay. Now, for those, uh, I think a large proportion of the people who are listening to this are in Australia. So we don't know what Macari is. Can you explain? We know, obviously, eBay, Amazon, Etsy. What's Macari? So Mercari is an up-and-coming um, sales platform. It's similar to eBay. It was um, when it first launched, it was only an app, and now they do have like the desktop version. But it's very, very, very new. Um, you know, comparing maybe five years, maybe four years old, comparing to eBay, which is you know twenty something years old. Uh, so that's, it's just another platform. And, but it is, it is this similar to eBay. It's not like, it's not like Craigslist where people come pick it up. It is still, you're going to ship it. You still have to ship it. Okay. So be using FBM or, or a 3PL for, for that. Okay. And so here's my question. Um, margins, like, okay. It's, it's fine to say, you know, I bought it for $5, sold it for $10. I'm guessing that's sort of what you're hoping to do. But you've got costs associated with those sorts of things. So what sort of margins do you generally look for and how feasible is it to get them? Okay, so I always am looking for, uh, you know, I have thresholds that I like to stick to. So if it's going to be a minimum of a $3 profit, a minimum of 30% return on investment, um, and that's for everyday essentials like grocery, um, pet, household, those kinds of things, things that you would find at Walmart. And then I also would, if I'm doing more like a clothing, so those essential items, they the velocity of those items are uh, quicker than, say, clothing and shoes. So for clothing and shoes, I want to have a minimum of like a 5 to $10 profit um, and a 40% return on investment because the velocity is 
um, slower than everyday essentials. Um, at, at the end of the day, though, um, I like to have a profit of around 20%. Like if you're looking at your profit loss statement for the year, I really want to have 20%. Um, you know, 15% is good. Um, you know, when you compare as an entrepreneur, um, I compare different entrepreneur business models. Um, and a restaurant, running a restaurant, it's around a three to five percent profit margin. Yes. And I don't want to work weekends unless it's what I want to do. Right? Sure. I don't want to, I, don't yep. wanna, I, I worked in, I worked in food service for a long time, so I don't want to do that. But so, so I want to stay at that 15 to 20% profit margin overall after all yes. my, fees, after everything, after all my shipping, after all my subscriptions. Um, but with retail well, that's, arbitrage, that's, that's pretty decent. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so for retail arbitrage, though, it's a little bit different because sometimes you can find things that were discontinued, like makeup items or just like the last couple items on the shelf. And then you can make, you know, four or 500% return on investment off of, you know, single onesie twosie kind of things. So that's kind of nice when you find one of those, oh yeah, I found that, you know. Um, but that overall, we would like to have a 15 to 20% profit margin. Okay. Okay. So here's a question uh, and I'm just going to sort of pull questions out of my yeah whatever, as, as they come to mind, um, is if you're selling on Amazon, um, you're obviously going to be competing for the buy box. And we talked about that quite a lot when we were discussing how wholesale works. Um, but, but, but before you actually even get to the buy box, I know like a lot of brands and products are gated. You know, if say, say you go to like here in Australia, Priceline, pharmacy and you find a lipstick that's been discontinued, but you know that there's a demand for it. I'm talking from personal experience because I was the one buying all those discontinued lipsticks for me. Oh, right. um, so, so let's let's say it's a well-known brand. Um, am I able to, and how am I able to then sell it on uh, Revlon's uh, Amazon listing? Let's say they've got one. Okay, so there's a couple of things. When you're a brand new seller, you're going to be gated in a lot of things because Amazon wants you to prove yourself as a seller. So, um, you know, we've had they've had a lot of counterfeit, so they're they're doing it to yes. protect their customers. So first, first you need to, you know, if you want to get engaged in a certain brand, um, then you would probably need to find a wholesaler or distributor that carries that brand, and then buy two. 10 of that, you know, item and then get the invoice. So like if you wanted to get ungated for grocery, it's pretty easy if you have a wholesaler, which we have grocery wholesalers all around us because we get our groceries from our, our grocery stores, get the groceries from wholesalers and distributors. But if you're saying you like a specific brand like Revlon, then you're going to need to find that specific wholesale uh, or distributor of that brand. Um, or you can let your account sell the things you can sell and then wait to get auto approved as you prove that you're a good seller on Amazon. So Rock. perhaps okay. yeah, in six months, the gates will start opening. Now, there's no rhyme or reason. Like we don't, I can't tell you, oh, you're going to get Revlon in seven months. Like I, you know, that is up to Amazon, but at least you can know that if you're, if you keep doing the next right thing in your business and you keep selling, you know, and being a good seller, they will start opening up those gates and those opportunities. And so, so how do you know? So, so let's say you're at, at Target 
and you're um, looking at, you know, we're talking a retail arbitrage here, and you find something, you think, oh my God, that's going to be awesome. You see that on Amazon, it's selling for $5 more than you can buy it. How do you know that you're actually going to be able to list it? On the app, the seller app, it will show you. So, okay. so you create your account and then you sign up uh, on the on the app, you know, and then, and then it'll say if you're restricted or it needs, requires approval. Right. Okay. Right. So, so before you actually invest any money in products, you're able to on the spot, see, um, whether you can sell those products, right? Right. Right. So you'll be able to see which products you can and cannot list. Okay. All right. And so if somebody is new to this, um, and, you know, again, we're, we're in Australia. Right. So for us to be going to buy stuff to then ship them into America, um, you know, that becomes expensive. Um, so if I wanted to do, let's say, I'll, I'll do online arbitrage, right, rather than uh, retail if I'm selling on the American marketplace, um, what, would I, what would I be looking for? What would I do? So, okay. So for those um, that are international to – uh, the United States that want to sell on .com via the online arbitrage model. There's a few things you need to have. You need to have, um, you know, a bank account, and you need to set it all up as far as like the .com side of things. Oh, but then, okay. So you need to have an Amazon account. Okay. So let's say I've, I've yeah. got that. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's have got that, and you're going to sell on .com. What you can mm-hmm. do is find what's called a prep center. So I have prep centers that I work with. Um, One specific is in Pennsylvania. So in Pennsylvania, the state of Pennsylvania, there is no tax on clothing, shoes, and grocery, which is great for us because you don't want to have to pay tax on your goods, right? Um, And especially if you're international, then you're not going to have, you might not have all the things, um, you know, like a wholesale agreement and all this stuff. So what I do is I will go online to websites, whether it's Target or Walmart or Kohl's or Macy's or uh, TJ Maxx or whatever it is, and then I will purchase it, but then I'll ship it to my prep center and then they will receive it, inspect it. We have a communication. We use a spreadsheet so we know exactly what was received, if it was damaged, all of those. They will handle the returns if there is something that needs to be returned. And then they will prep it up, you know, put polybag it, label it, whatever I need. And I pay for them to do that. And then they ship it then to the Amazon warehouse under my account. Um, and there's user settings that you can you can grant them access to. So okay. that's what I do. Okay. So the other question, um, oh, I just had it a second ago and uh, my senior's brain has uh, has kicked it off. Um, I'll, I'll come back to that one. So, so um, okay, so similar to um, wholesale, oh, that's, this is what it was. Um, so you're not creating the listings, correct? You're actually finding products that already have um, the listings. Is that right? Right. So for the most part, if I'm doing online arbitrage, I am going to only be listing things that are currently on the site. But then if, if you talk to the wholesale you know, uh, gurus, um, then there could be an opportunity to make it a two-pack, make it a three-pack. So if we were talking about that Revlon lipstick, and yep. if I knew that the velocity of this product was really good at the single, I might make a two-pack knowing that the velocity is so good. And then that can help differentiate me 
from the competition. And you can do that with online arbitrage and retail arbitrage. You can make a two pack, a three pack, you can make bundles and such. It would just mean if you're an international, you know, seller, then you would just need to communicate what you want. Yes. Uh, if you wanted, a, you know, if you wanted to create a two pack and if you could have your prep center help you with that, I'm sure there would be a fee for that. But um, for the most part, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it's already going to be on Amazon. Right. So, so here's a question. So, if you're creating a bundle, like like you just said, let's say a two pack or a three pack, then you need to have your own um, uh, UPC codes and um, create a brand new listing for that bundle. Correct. It's, it doesn't go in as a variation under an existing listing. Correct. Well, so there is a couple of ways that people are doing it. So for me, I will do a GTIN exemption. So I've been creating right. um, multi packs of and bundles of groceries since December. Um, and then as far as you know, if you purchase some some UPC codes, there are places that are okay with Amazon. It's not um, what I do. I typically will do a GTIN exemption, um, and then there. <laughs> Some people have been able to make a variant. So let's just say it was the Revlon lipstick and they they had the single and then you made a variant of the two-pack underneath the parent single. People have done that and they've also split tested it where they make it the two-pack its own listing, not under the variant. And they're kind of like testing it because um, there's a couple of thoughts behind it. You're going to get that parent. If you're doing a parent-child relationship, you're going to get that ranking. Um, uh-huh. And so that would be beneficial, right? But then again, yes. if you're doing your own bundles, multi-packs, um, listings, you kind of want to not have people find you as a differentiation um, because you already know that this Revlon uh, Raspberry Red is going to sell well as a two-pack, but you don't want anybody to find it because you want to stay on it as long as you can. So some people will create a, a separate listing. Um, now, if I'm right. going yeah, so if I'm just going to say I'm, I have this chaps button-up shirt, and they just don't have the size on there. Let's say I got a seventeen and a half by and thirty-two, thirty-four. It just wasn't on there. Then mm-hmm. that you really do need to make the parent-child relationship because it is a variant of the color and size of that button-up right. shirt. Gotcha. Um, okay. But if I'm going to go and put the raspberry red with the plum you know, and make a bundle of two lipsticks, then that's not a, that's not a child. That's Mm -hmm. a new product. So, um, there's a few ways of doing it. And I would just double check terms of service before you, you know, move forward with those. Okay. And so in terms of, again, with, as a private label seller, um, I get my product up. I then spend money, time, energy on ranking the product and advertising the product. Do you do the same when you're doing um, RA and uh, OA? So no, because what I'm doing is I'm looking at the velocity of the products on Keepa and then I'm choosing whether or not to buy it if it fits my velocity criteria. So if I want something that's right. going to sell a minimum of 10 per month and I want there to be less than five Amazon sellers, then I'm going to buy that item or I'm not going to buy that item. Right. Um, so so you're, using, yeah. you're using tools to, to help you find out. Um, right. What, right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you don't do any ranking because you're looking for products that are already ranked. Do you do any um, cost per click, any CPC, any advertising for? 
So I for your buy box. You. So um, this is a little bit different. So um, what we as a community have uh, found is that you can add all of your SKUs, all of your active SKUs to what we call, quote unquote, an all SKU campaign. And then we sent it, we we put it at two cents a click. Right. So one then, of those really small. Yep. Yeah. And then over time, it actually has been really like, I think my A cost is like 4.6%. Yeah. And I spend I typically will spend $100 a day during Q4 and then like $15 a day all the other quarters. Um, it's just totally worth it, but it's not that, like- that's, a, that's an auto campaign? Right. It's an auto campaign. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's what we do um, in our community. We don't do like a specific one product, you know, kind of deal. Right. Gotcha. Right. So, so you're not sort of like taking each individual product you've got. So speaking of which, so how many- you said you did over $800,000 last year. So approximately how many SKUs would that have involved? Or is that sort of too big a question to, to no, answer? Not, no, absolutely. So at one point I had over 5,000 SKUs. So it is a really big workload to manage. Um, you know, I started off just wanting to get 200, 200, 200 for a couple of years um, because you're selling and they drop off and they sell and you get more. And, um, and then so in October, I think I had close to 5,500 SKUs. And so it was, mm-hmm. it was crazy. <laughs> so, so, how do you, so you must be a whiz at spreadsheets <laughs> or do you have like I mean, some kind of online uh, program that you use uh, for that? I'm, I'm sure that there must be. We have Inventory Lab, and that's our inventory management software. And then um, every Friday, I will go in and delete all my old listings and then make sure that my all of my repricing, because I need to have an automatic repricer that adjusts my price up and down to catch the buy box. And then I'm going to update that all SKU campaign every Friday. Um, and so, I mean, once you do it for the product, you know, that it's it's ready. But then you have to go and do it for all the products that you add during the week. You know what I'm saying? So um, if, I'm, if I'm sending in 400 new SKUs, I got to make sure my advertising is right, my repricer is right before the weekend. So um, it's a lot to manage, but, you know, it's a part of the thrill. Okay, so so let's get to the two most important things, time and money. Um, how much time? I mean, obviously now you've been doing this for a number of years and so you, you've, you've got it all sort of down pat. So if somebody was wanting to start down this path, um, how much time would it uh, take for them to, to get up to, let's say, a $10,000 a month turnover? So it's going to be relative to your capital. It's going to be relative to your location. So if you're going to be a retail arbitrager and you are living in a metropolis, I live in a metropolis, you know, a city. There's lots of stores all over. If you live where my parents live, which is in the middle of nowhere, then I would say online arbitrage. Or if you're international, online arbitrage is better. Um, And then so as far as the time, it will actually get better um, because you'll get better at sourcing. So if you if you want to sell sell ten thousand dollars a month, um, then you're going to need a significant amount of capital and then you're going to need a significant amount of time. Right. So the more capital you have, the more time it will 
take to spend it. Um, and then as far as streamlining, so spending it is the hard part because you got to find the right products that are profitable. That's the hard part. Prepping and sending it to the warehouse. You can, I have a prep assistant. She does all my prep work for me that I do retail arbitrage. She takes the stickers off. She puts all this, all the FN SKUs on all that. Um, but it would be really on how quick you can find profitable products. And at the beginning, it's going to take a while because you got to learn how to find the right products. Um, so it's kind of like, I could tell you 40 hours a week, but I don't know if that would actually get right. you to your goal. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. And so, um, how, so how much money? So, so, you know, we, we know now with, um, you know, um, private label, you know, $10,000 minimum is, is what you would need really to, to start, if not more. I mean, ideally more than that. You know, the, day, the days of starting a, a private label brand with $500 are well and truly behind us, I feel. Um, wholesale, uh, they're saying in anywhere from $2,000 to, to $5,000 uh, to $10,000 is, is a good starting as well. Um, so in your field, in let's let's say online arbitrage. Let's let's say I'm in Australia and I want to start online arbitrage. How much money would I need to invest, and then of course roll over to, to grow the business? But what would be a good starting point? Do you think that it would be worth my time as well? Right. So it it, it would be dependent on your goals. I would say you know two thousand would be a nice amount. Um, but I've had friends that started with a hundred dollars and now are a million dollar seller. It, you know, I don't know if it's if so. When I'm mentoring, I ask those questions: Do you want this to become a hobby? Um, do you want this to be your full time job? And we always start with the first goal. So the first goal yes. would be. What do you want to replace? Is it your student loan payment? Is it your electric bill? Is it your mortgage? Is it your kid's tuition? Whatever that is, and let's get to that. So really, with any budget, you know, $100, but of course, two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 would be great. But I would like, if you're going to start, I want you to start um, small and not go super deep in a bunch of products until you get your, your hold on how you're going to how it works to make yep. money, right? Because I would, I would say five thousand, and then someone go waste five thousand dollars on bad product, you know. So, yeah, same, sure. similar. Yeah. Okay. So, so in terms of expenses for this kind of business, so you're you're looking at buying a product. You want some some tools, I guess. Uh, you've mentioned two here: a repricer, an inventory lab, and then some kind of of um, um, tool that that measures um, volume, search volume. I'm guessing. Right. Um, what 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 tool did you say? Keeper is that the tool you use? Yes, Keeper for velocity. It's kind of like your encyclopedia of like um, the the velocity of the products, and it's pretty cheap. It's only nineteen dollars a month. Okay, fair enough. And so so all up on on tools that are absolute essentials. What would you be spending on a on a monthly basis? So inventory lab is fifty dollars a month. Um, Keepa is nineteen dollars a month. I would say about a hundred dollars a month. But then you also need um, so like a thermal printer, it, unless you're sending it to a prep house, right? Then the prep will you just need you know capital to uh, pay for the prep of your items. If it's like a dollar per item, a dollar fifty per item, and then um, if you're prepping it, if you're in the United States, if you know if you're prepping it, then you'll need poly bags and labels and that kind of stuff. Um, so I would say. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
got. I mean, there's no reason why somebody in Australia has to do this in the US. Uh, I mean, as I was right. saying before we got on to, before we got onto this uh, call, I actually made a mistake and bought something in the US that turned out to <laughs> not be suitable for the uses that I wanted it. And instead of wasting a hundred couple of hundred bucks, I actually added it to the listing here in Australia. There was a listing for it on Australian Amazon, and yeah. you know, I, I didn't make a profit. But I didn't lose money <laughs> on a product right. that I couldn't use. You know, I came out, uh, or maybe a couple of bucks ahead. Um, but it it wasn't my intention to to sell it. Um, however, I'm sure that there are opportunities here in Australia for somebody yeah. who's here who's only got uh, a little bit of time and perhaps a little bit of money to start. That there, there are opportunities uh, to do that here as well, or the UK uh, as well as uh, the US. Okay, yeah, I would so. Searching for the, the the most local you can do it because maybe you won't have to pay for very much shipping, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so um, obviously you've spent uh, a lot of time doing this and, and have a lot of knowledge. Is there a way that if I wanted to save some time on learning how to do this myself, that I could find out about how to do this? Absolutely. So I do teach. So. Um, I'm from e-commerce environment. That is one of my business models. We have a, a private mastermind group on Facebook and we do teach retail or retail and online arbitrage. And I will give you my link. Uh, Regina will have the link to our online arbitrage training where we teach you. It's called online arbitrage made easy. And um, we teach you the act of how to audit, how to look and source, source manually, um, and shipping and using a prep center. And then, um, a tool called rev seller, which actually if like when we were talking about the chaps shirt, um, if you're searching online and you want, Oh, one of the variants is out of stock, but you're like, but they have it in stock at my store. It's just out of stock on Amazon. You want to find that ACE. And I, we show you how to use the rev seller tool for that. Um, and then we have the Amazon startup document. If you, if you're brand new to Amazon, your startup one, two, three document. Um, so Regina will have the link to that. Okay, well, great. And I'll put the link in the show notes for this episode. That's episode 35. Um, oh, that's cool. And so in terms of that training, how long would it take? Is it like hours and hours and hours of training or is it sort of just like a simple step-by-step? What's the it, what's my time commitment to do your training? <laughs> yeah, the video is about an hour and 20 minutes. It's not that long, um, but it tells you how to do it. And then it would just be a matter of figuring out which stores you want to st- start scanning and and um, looking up items on Amazon, that would be the, the time. So so really the class isn't that long. It's not hours and hours, but, um, and we like to be straightforward. We always take questions. Of course, you can always email us um, or, or find us on social media. Um, but no, it's not that, you know, it's not, it's not a huge private label course, you know, like I, I've, I've seen, right. I'm not a yes. private label <laughs> I've seen where it's like eight hours and I'm like, okay, yeah, no. Oh, that's just a start. That's just the first module, darling. Exactly. Exactly. Hours and hours and hours. Um, Oh, well, that's good. Okay. So um, if somebody is interested in in investigating this as a nice, easy way to start their Amazon journey, I would recommend that you check out uh, Jesse's uh, online arbitrage course and there'll be a link to that in the show notes, as I said. So how has this changed your life, uh, Jess? What, what's what's the upshot for you and your family in using Amazon as a platform? 
So, um, so I have four children and, um, when I was younger, my mom was a single mom. She was working all the time. And one of the things that I was looking for when I stepped out of corporate was the reason I stepped out of corporate was so that I could be there for my kids. I could go to all their sports. I could, you know, attend all their little, uh, class field trips and all of that. And so for me, that is what keeps me going. Right. Um, and so for me, it was that. And then also now that I'm more seasoned entrepreneur, because I'm a scientist, I took no business classes. I am not a finance major. I do not have any fine. So now it's more of, okay, now I can teach them how to become an entrepreneur if they so choose and how to run a business um, the right way. Right. Because I made plenty of mistakes for everyone. So um, that's kind of like, they're my why being able to. And now, you know, we have homeschool and we have summer break and tomorrow's the last day of school. So being able to, I took my girls on a two mile bike ride today. And if I was at corporate, I couldn't have done that. Um, so that that's my why. And then just showing them that you can actually create the life that you want. And, and part of the passion for me is now teaching people. I love, you know, selling online, but I actually really love being a mentor and a, and a teacher, um, because it's really fulfilling to see other people, uh, grow their online businesses and, and live their dreams. So those are the things that I've learned in the past four years, five years, you know, that I want to take with me and give to my kids. Beautiful. Thanks. What a great way to finish up. So thank you so much for your time, Jess. And, uh, <laughs> and hopefully uh, once the skies open up again, we'll uh, meet again somewhere. Absolutely. I cannot wait to see you again. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, thank you. It's uh, really been really very interesting. As I said, for, for me, who doesn't know anything about this type of stuff, it's been a real eye-opener. Um, so thanks again and have a terrific uh, evening. And we'll chat again sometime soon. All right. Good. Bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode in my continuing series of More Than One Ways to Skin a Cat on Amazon. I certainly l learnt a lot of new things about uh, how retail and online arbitrage works. Now, uh, as Jess mentioned, she does have a mini course training uh, and it's very, very affordable. If you're wanting to find out um, how this particular business model works and uh, check out and see if it's for you, uh, you'll find the link to Jess's uh, training in the show notes, which of course are womenonamazon.com backslash 35. Also, a couple of um, diary notes. Um, if you are listening to this episode within a day or two of it dropping, it's still not too late to head on over to the Branded by Women Summit, which is on uh, every day from the 27th to the 29th of May. So that's three days uh, of awesome content. I think um, Danny was telling me there's uh, five to six hours of content uh, every day. And the content drops at 9am each morning in whatever time zone you are in. So those of us in Australia will get to see it first. Yay. 
So if you just go to the brandedbywomen.com website, you can register and get access to the training. And I believe it's live for 24 hours um, after it drops. Uh, You can access it for free and you can upgrade to have access to all the training sessions uh, forever, I believe. Now, the other date you might want to put into your diary is the 18th of June here in Australia. Um, Amazon is doing what they're calling an Amazon Day. So hopefully they're going to be answering a lot of our questions about Amazon Australia. And there are also speakers and panels in relation to that. I will be uh, posting a link uh, on the website and also in my Facebook group uh, when I get more information of that but at the moment just to mark it as a diary entry which reminds me if you're not in our Facebook group please come and join us it's the Women on Amazon uh, Facebook group I look forward to seeing you there so I hope you enjoyed today's episode and were able to pick up at least one nugget that you can put into action straight away Please subscribe to and rate this podcast and remember to check out the website womenonamazon.com to get all the information on today's guests as well as links and discount codes to any products or services mentioned. And remember, don't wait for perfect. Get started now.